grow yourself and grow your marriage. Let's talk about married at first. Chris and John are here with the Grow Yourself Grow Marriage podcast, and we're going to get a uh, fast one in here, and we don't know what to say, and there's no plan. And Donna's like, ooh, let's just talk. Let's just see if we can get an episode in, and I'm talking really fast. And so here we go. Are you for real? Let's try. Oh, you were serious. Okay, go. I, I literally just introed. Oh, okay. Well, okay, I have something. <laughs> Listen. You have something to say? I got something to want to talk about. Do you really? Yeah. You literally just told me you have zero plan. You have nothing mm-hmm. in front of you, and right. you're just going to be able to blab. Yeah, let's right, talk about it. the guilty pleasure show we've fallen into recently. The guilty. Oh. So wait. Oh. Dang. Let me take it back. Okay. All right. Let me take it back. If you listen to Chris and Jana a hundred episodes ago, we are not the same. <laughs> we are different human. We have. Beings. We are different beings, and it all started with a new couch. Well, I wouldn't say it all started with a new couch. I would say it started with the addition of another child, well, yeah. the comfort of the nine to five life. Shout out to the nine to fivers. <laughs> Which a hundred episodes ago, Chris was like, screw the nine to five. Yeah. I want to make my own way. Yep. And now We're still I'm like, making our nah, own way. I'm not going to make my own way. I'll just, I'll just uh, ride the coattails of all of the dreamers out there with businesses. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. No, but for real, we did get this new sectional. I am so, so first of all, if you're even considering ordering furniture for the next year, you better just order it now because it's going to take a million months to get in. Very frustrating. They can't find anybody to work, apparently. We could talk about that, too. Uh, Second of all, though, we really got lucky. We had an order. It was taking forever. Nobody really cares about this, but we ended up getting our couch, and it is the most comfiest, most beautiful thing we've ever it's unbelievable owned. i mean in fact when we first unwrapped it because we ordered it offline without ever seeing it when we first unwrapped it we looked at each other we kind of like stroked the couch <laughs> and we're like oh we messed up this like, is not this is conducive to five kids too nice. way too nice so n- needless to say and our friends can vouch for this we've been super annoying about kids on the couch and their hands and like making them wash them and and quite lazy because what yeah. has come of this is we have now started binging a little bit of TV at night. I know. That's something we've always and a little like, bit turned into a lot. And Chris's blue light glasses are broken and so are mine because well, kids. Well, like, well, let's be fair. Only one side of my blue light glasses <laughs> so are broken. So he still wears So them, technically speaking, I'm able to minimize the hormonal effect uh, slightly. Meanwhile, I'm just ruining my eyes with blue light. Um Anyways, so one night, so listen, honestly, like all jokes aside, when we sit down to watch TV, usually it's something we're going to learn. We usually watch a documentary or like a sermon or something that's going to stimulate our brain. Chris went through some kind of history series recently. Like we really don't watch smut like TV, but. Define smut. Not smut, but like just it doesn't advance your life in any shape form it's just reality type stuff we don't watch that usually right so one night we were just like tired and lazy and it had been a long day with the kids and we're like let's just turn on something mindless like i don't even feel like my brain working and we found this show called married at first sight and we're like what is this and here here and and jonna's justifying brain yeah, was, was like well listen chris we could probably watch this because it could be content it's and what are we doing right now and so content and so the first We're thing we thought to ourselves was okay yeah it couldn't hurt we'll just watch it for content. we'll just watch a couple episodes 
So we're, we start to get hooked to this. First of all, the episodes are like an hour long. Second of all, no, they're like two hours long, but there's a good probably 45 minutes of ads. Yeah, and it's very frustrating. Sling Shout needs out to, get to Sling together. TV for double dipping in subscriptions and ads. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So their episodes are long and we're thinking, okay, most seasons have like what, 10 episodes? What is there? We just realized the other night after 20. we... Have- four i think episodes (laughs) we're like 10 episodes in and we're like okay we're almost done we're gonna stop watching tv at night and now we can't stop before we're through the series yeah we figured out we were halfway there and we're like wow come on (laughs) we can't not finish something seriously that wouldn't be like us right (laughs) (laughs) anyways so the reason so it really is content though because it's very interesting to watch now that we've been married for almost eight years. Our anniversary is next week. Next week. Yep. You got that look heated. You didn't look scared. You know that it's next week. Nope. I know it. You know it. Yep. I don't have a plan, but I know it. <laughs> Same. Um, and so it is interesting because we understand what it takes to be married and go through the dating and the figuring it out stage and all the stuff that we've talked about on the show that comes along with it to then watch these couples. And it's just like what the title says. They've never met. They don't know who each other are. They know nothing. They don't even know their name. They get engaged blindly. They're like, hey, we found somebody for you. Almost like an arranged marriage, but it's a panel of experts, like marriage and family counselor and a pastor. And I got a lot of questions for him. Um, And yeah, they, they match these people and they don't see each other or meet each other or know their name until they are at the altar in front of their friends and family saying, I do. Pretty wild. Pretty wild concept. See, it's polarizing. How could we not get like it, hooked it is. into now, that? Now, let us just tell you, if you have seen the show and you're like, oh, I watched that show. I've seen that show. We're on season 12. <laughs> well, we But we started um, with season 12. We've yes. not watched all those oh, seasons. Oh, no, no, no. We do not plan on watching any more seasons. I think that, well, well, I think, I think that we'll probably get back to our old, more disciplined Christian Jana. Right. And we will get out of this season. But season 12 will probably be all we watch. But point is here right and here's where the content piece comes in so i think we all see with shows like the bachelor and married at first sight and all these 90 day fiance yeah all these relational shows that you know marriage is somewhat advertised as a joke well that's what i think they make a mockery the idea of it even makes a mockery out of marriage and what god actually intended for it to be because yeah. now we're to the point in the show, so they meet and they go on a honeymoon and they do all this stuff. And Chris and I have definitely been trying to like size up the couples ahead of time. Like, okay, I think maybe they could make it. Maybe the experts got this one wrong or whatever. It's very uncomfortable, honestly, for the most part. Some of the stuff they say, they're like, they had a month anniversary where yeah, they had oh, they celebrated. Let me tell you, their they, month well, anniversary. First off, anybody who's newly married, look, I got. I, Guys, I have advice for you. Don't overdo it too early because you have to do the math and realize that if you if you're the guy who's like, "Ooh, happy one month, happy three months, happy six months," all that stuff, you're an <laughs> idiot because what's happening oh, is well, it's just true. So I'm gonna give you that virtual like slap upside the head. And the reason I do this is because I need you to understand that you're creating a huge problem for yourself. You're creating a level of expectation that can't be met four to six times a year because truthfully what happens when you're married uh, is you do big things and then those brownie points, I mean, they definitely last for a while, right? So so let's say, you know, you call and you have a masseuse come to the house to give your wife a massage or something like that. Spend a minute. Uh, yeah. So then you get brownie points for, you know, six to eight months. What? That is the Wrong. smartest thing to you're do giving rather advice. than, rather than 
plan all of these really exciting, exuberant things early in your marriage because you're not gonna be able to keep up. I always tell Jonna, I ran out of all my ideas with my ex-girlfriends <laughs> in high school. She took all my ideas, all the sweet things I did, I couldn't do for her. And so that's Another where thing we're you at. don't say. And that's to why our marriage is other. so solid, solid enough for a national podcast. A national, no, world, global. <laughs> global podcast, right. Just erase whatever Chris just said in your mind. Although I do agree with him. This one couple for their month anniversary, dude took her out on a boat, like a fancy little yacht boat with a fancy meal and champagne. And they watched their wedding video, which literally was a month before. Yeah. <laughs> and made it all romantic. I'm like, mm, you're setting the bar too high, my friend. It's true. So one of the funny things about the show that me and Jonna often make fun of is the little comments they make. That's so yeah. for instance, many times in the show, I would say almost all of them have uttered the words, I I chose to do married at first sight because I take marriage seriously. <laughs> like, okay, well, that's a little bit of an oxymoron. <sighs> They'll also say things such as, uh, look, Obviously, I'm committed because I'm doing this, or or I'm willing to put in the work, <laughs> things like that. We're like, wait a second, <laughs> not really, because you just got a spouse picked for you. Most people have got to go through the work of dating, yeah, you gotta date, gotta dating go multiple people, side, you gotta, you gotta yeah, family, yeah. You have to feel things out. You have to see what offends her, what doesn't offend her, how real you can be. <laughs> can I fart in front of her yet? You know, all these things. It's true though. That's a lot of work leading up to the wedding. And then and then a lot of them are like, you know what? This first month we had a lot of ups and downs, but you know what? It's only up from here. Like I, like I really understand marriage now. What the girl said yesterday. She said she said, We've been through a lot. I can't imagine Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine us going through anything um any harder. So right. it it seems like it's clear sailing from here. And Chris and I just kind of stared at each and other. to that I say, you'll probably be in the statistics, young lady. Well, that's the thing, though. Here's the thing. So they say they take it super seriously and they're super committed. And I do believe some of them just truly were like wanting love. I do believe that. Um, but then the show, we're at the point where they have just four weeks till they get to sit down with the panel and decide if they're going to stay married or get divorced. So there's a very clear out <laughs> I don't know why it wasn't just engaged at first sight and then do we get married or not because it's more polarizing to be married. It is, but, and that's where the mockery part comes in there. That's where the part that bothers me because God takes marriage seriously. He takes the covenant seriously. And the fact that a pastor is involved with the show and the pastor is on the panel of people saying, okay, did it work? Do you want to get divorced or not? Bothers me because we know how God feels about divorce. And just because they're not connecting after six weeks or whatever it is they have them do, um, is not exactly biblical grounds for divorce. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that what it ends up turning into is it, it ends up turning into you building a foundation on very shallow things, right? Oh, yeah. So there's no way to get married at first sight and get married to that person and say, we built a foundation on, on you know, things that mattered. Uh, it's the first thing is like, am I physically attracted to this person? The second thing is like, what are the little quirks I can deal with or not deal with? Like, ooh, can this person kiss? Like, do they have good breath? Like, can can they dance? Like, you're you're moving into all of these super shallow things. Which I mean, good breath is important. Let's be real. But we're moving <laughs> that into all been these no shallow things up front. That way, when they start to deal with things, like they lose their minds over fighting about you know the other uh, scolding their dog. <laughs> 
Literally. She was ready to dip out because the other one was upset about something her dog did. Right. So, yeah, again, there's there's the evidence for a mockery of marriage because you're already building marriage on shallow principles in which we know how hard marriage is. And if you've been married for any amount of time and you have a relationship where you've had a little bit of a roller coaster, you know that you you appreciate each other more and you have Mm -hmm. a more pure love for each other because you've learned to get past some of the really difficult things. Um, Some of the things where you maybe didn't expect this thing or this cork or the way this person did this, but you learned to get past it. Uh, well, we're because we're truly learning unconditional yeah. love when you're living with somebody and learning them and the conditions that maybe you didn't think you signed up for. These people actually are just making it harder on themselves because they've got to go through all the stages at once. And then they have this pressure of a show to decide, are we going to make this work or not? Yeah. And yeah, I just kind of disappointed in Again, in the, mainly in the pastor's role in the show, because he does seem like a, a decent guy and some of the advice he gave with their counseling, because see, they don't have premarital counseling. They're having it as soon as they're already like, I mean, they're legally bound. They're making a covenant and uh, vows in front of people, in front of God, in front of their friends, their family. A couple of them actually say that they are Christians on there. And, you know, somebody could, who's being less cynical than Chris and I could be like, well, how do you know that God didn't use that show to introduce them to each other? You know, if, if, you know, the one girl, she reads her Bible and she prays, she does seem like a very godly woman, but I don't know. It's just maybe, maybe her husband though is, um, not, super godly (laughs) right he's been the biggest handful so um so basically what we're saying do you want us to do a series on this we're doing it right now we'll recap each episode if you're following and we shouldn't promise something just yet before maybe we talk about it off the mic i'm I'm kidding (laughs) i'm kidding um i'm done yes so so i think there is a lesson here though yeah let's make let's bring some value to. okay so the value here i think is this i think that Yes, marriage is a is advertised as a joke, and there's a narrative around it being shallow. And what can this person do for me? And you know, are they hot? And am I getting sex? And all these different things. But hey, look, we know that this is a real thing, right? I think there are a lot of marriages that have been built on a very shaky foundation, maybe not on a solid foundation, and. I think that a lot of marriages are just going year by year. Hey, maybe I'm in this for the kids or maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, sticking around just because I don't want the drama or eh, it could be worse type of thing. And what's happening is people are settling and not settling to say like, oh, I'm just settling for this marriage. I, I think what people are doing is they're settling and not growing their marriage. I think that with that, that a lot of people maybe don't know that that's even attainable. You know what I mean? They've been in this relationship for so long and it's kind of just been there, you know, like going through the motions. Maybe that's what they saw out of their parents. Like maybe they haven't had an example of the, of the ability to, they don't have any evidence that they can grow or their spouse can grow and their marriage could be something that they really maybe deep down hope for, or again, don't even know is possible. Right. And I feel like one of the most important things it would appear, and and this is something me and John have been through, so we're not speaking, you know, just kind of out of our butts here. Like when, when you don't have a solid foundation, you've built a marriage on, it's really important, I think, to go and have that uncomfortable conversation like we talk about all the time 
and be like, hey, like what foundation have we built our marriage on? Our our life and our future and our visions and everything, what is it built upon? Because if it's only built upon the physical, all that has to happen, like we say, is something tragic that would, um, you know, kind of excommunicate sex from your relationship. Well, not even, um, hold on, not, or, not even tragic, just yeah. the childbearing years and what it does right. to your body. If you married me solely because of my fitness level and how I looked pre-babies, then mm-hmm. And that's all, and we never grew, and we never went that, through anything. That was a couple of the checks on the on the list, yes, <laughs> it it was. But I'm saying, if that is all you cared about, this stage right now that we're going through would be ooh, totally detrimental yeah. to our marriage. It's true, it's true. So, so how can we listen to this and say, do we need to have an honest conversation and uh, figure out right through a questioning period with our spouse, like? What is our foundation on? And if we don't have a foundation, rather than it just being a sucky fact, like I think the elephant in the room needs to not be uh, something that's so big where you're all against the wall and you're just kind of like, you know, scooting along, trying, trying to avoid it. Poke it, touch it, acknowledge it, and literally be like, okay, we have been married for X amount of years, but the truth is we probably don't have a foundation. And so Let's start over. Let's hit the reset button. Because again, you watch a show like that and you see people building on these really um, shallow principles. And then they get to a point, almost all of them, where they're like, let's hit the reset button. Yeah. So I think the moral of the story here is what is your marriage foundation? What has it been built on? I will tell you, like, kind of like Chris already alluded to, our beginning was pretty shallow. I mean, we, I, I was totally in love with Chris when we got married. Chris loved me, but I definitely, we've joked about it, but I was a checklist. Chris didn't really know commitment and it was like, okay, I'm attracted to her. She's a good girl. She'll be a good mom. Well, and got I'm, a cool job. I'm, I'm, I'm the only male in my family for generations to not get a divorce. So legitimately, well, like, oh, you guys haven't been married that it's, long, but it's all I've known though. But that's all, yeah, exactly. Relationships break up. Right. So, you know, and obviously I was attracted to Chris and I thought, you know, God was using him to make me a better person and yada, yada, yada. But it wasn't really. And I mean, our first few years were such a struggle, though, because we were still building this life together on those as the foundation, on our attraction, on our common beliefs and stuff. And those are all good. Those aren't bad in and of themselves. But our marriage didn't take off until we realized that. I mean, it, I'm singing the song in my head. You don't want me to sing it out loud. <laughs> no. But you know, if if you have read the Bible, you know that they that it says that Christ is the solid rock mm-hmm. on which Christians stand and the foundation we're supposed to build our lives upon. And so, once Chris and I began to build our marriage on that foundation and put God first and think of our relationship as as God at the top, and then Chris and I you know, the little triangle vision, that's when our, I don't know when our relationship started to feel sturdy, started to feel certain, like there's no question. We we were kind of talking and being corny as we're watching this show because it does make us appreciate each other and what we have because it's sad to me that so many people don't have that. When you're looking at that show and you're seeing the awkwardness that they have and they just really want, most of them just really want somebody to love them. So to look at Chris and just be like, 
man, there's, there's not a question in my mind of his loyalty to me. There's not a question in my mind of where our marriage stands. And that's not to like brag and rub it in. It took us a lot of years to get here. Um, but that's what I think of when I think but, of a solid foundation. Right. But that's also, and some people would disagree with this, but that's also not my work. Right. So, right. so I say it all the time. It's like building our relationship on a solid rock of God, because God is the author of marriage and saying, Hey God, what do you want from us in our lives and for our future? And consulting him on every consulting, consulting, consulting all of our decisions through him Mm -hmm. has changed the way we show up. So it's not like I went from, Hey, I'm all about this, all about that, all about that to just, Oh, Chris gets it. And Chris is cool. And now I can trust him and all those things. Like, yes, our relationship was initially built off of integrity and transparency. Both of us were really open. We both were Christians too. I mean, we had that stuff in common for sure. Yes. But, but we went through a phase of like, okay, yeah, we put, should be putting God at the center of our marriage, but I don't really know what that looks like. Yeah. We didn't really know how, honestly. Yeah. And not doing that resulted in like, yeah, it was very easy for me to well, shoot, I'm working and making the money and doing this and she should do this. And if she's not doing this, then I don't need to be doing this and all this tit for tat and the games and the normal human expression. I mean, seriously, no, we're all, that, that's just true. how, that's how we show up without the influence of God on our lives. And so we were Christians and we did pray and whatever, and we had those morals I guess you'd say, but it wasn't until we actually looked at the Bible as the guide for our lives and for our marriage and to live it out how God intended it to be that we started flourishing. And again, feeling like this foundation is solid, like no matter what we get hit with. And I know that's easy to say because I'm sure, you know, especially an older uh, couple or divorced couple or somebody listening could be like, okay, guys you've only been married eight years. You've got plenty to go through still. And we believe that. And we've been through a lot already in this first eight years. I Mm -hmm. mean, shoot, we're about to have our fifth child. We've gone through job issues and marital issues and family issues and all the things, but we're confident that we're building that foundation to be able to, to withstand those storms and not, you know, fall. Yeah. And so I was recently, um, chatting with uh, a listener who you know who you are, right? And I've built I've built a really really good friendship with him, and and we've been able to you know talk about a lot of really good deep topics that have moved both of us forward. I think, and I was I was just talking to him, and I was like, you know, it's funny. I used to look at life in okay, what can I get out of life? How much money can I make? Yeah, okay, I want my family to come along that journey and take care of me and all that stuff. And now everything shifted to okay, well. God, I believe you've put me and you've shown me evidence that you've put me and Jana in this time and place in history to follow you, to raise Lola, Lindley, Lena, Ledger, and baby number five. And my role is to get my wife and my kids under a household that is being held together under God's word and under Christian principles. And anything outside of being Jonna's husband and my kid's father is icing on the cake. My career, great. If I can make great money, awesome. I'm going to put everything I can into doing that. I'm not going to shy away from that. I would like to make great money. I'd like to utilize my skills and my entrepreneurial ability and 
business, all those things. Awesome, right? But will it take over that priority? Absolutely not. And that's not something you can just come to that conclusion overnight. Especially not in today's world because you're supposed to hustle and grind and make all the money and do all the things and be, you know, wear your busyness and your exhaustion as a badge of honor. And the more we grow in our faith, the more we're desiring things that are not of this world, not what the world tells us to want. And that's one of those because definitely just a couple years ago, we were all about the idea of just taking this podcast and making it famous and traveling and speaking and for good intentions. Like yeah. we truly wanted to do that to impact marriages and do good things. But the conversation would have been way less time with our children right. and, and being involved in shaping them and teaching them and growing them. And God definitely put a halt on that. I was like, hey, that's that's cool. Like, I want you to have this podcast, but that's not the life I want for you and right. your kids. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what growth comes out of this. We're not posting on social media. We're not <laughs> sharing it. <laughs> like, we're just letting it all organically go. Hint, hint. Give us a review. <laughs> hint, um, hint. I mean, we still want to grow the show. Yeah, right. But, like, we're not. That's not where our major focus is. It's just like, hey, like, if we have something valuable to bring based on our experience and our mistakes and shortcomings and marriage and the things we've learned and the, and the lessons God showed us, then we're going to talk about them. That just made me think of uh, what you read to me this morning. So it's really cool because, you know, we're having all these kids and it is weird to a lot of people in today's society that we would want to have five kids. I mean, a lot of people think that's weird. A lot of people have comments to say about it. Uh, a lot of people, I feel like the younger generation are all like, oh, I don't want kids. I mean, vehicles aren't even created for us anymore. We're so limited. <laughs> yes, it was very hard finding a new vehicle so to fit this Shout many out car to the seats. Honda Odyssey. It uh, <laughs> capped us out. <laughs> it capped, yes, we are good. We are good. We can fit all the car seats in the Honda Odyssey. We love our Odyssey. Yes, um, who would have ever thought we would be so right? excited about a minivan? Uh, but... Why was I saying that? Oh, so it's really easy to just be, I feel like this isn't related, but it is and it popped in my head. So I'm going to say it. It's really easy to not realize how important our role is in our kids' lives because it's so easy to want to chase that. It's like, I remember used to tell you, you would just be like grinding and working so much. And like, it was for the right intentions of taking care of our family, but you were missing out on so much with the kids as, as with the girls as they were you know, learning new things. The the worst conversation ever. Do you want to tell that one? The Barbies? or mm, when, I don't think I remember what you're saying. When Lola That's asked nice. if you were staying or you were coming oh, over geez. or something. I, th- I think I've said that on the show before. That's okay. Maybe, okay. So, yes, there, there was a time where I came home for lunch uh, from the gym. And I, I didn't do that very much. And I, <laughs> Lola, like, she saw me in the living room. She's probably, yeah, like three years old or something like that. And she's like, oh. Daddy, what are you doing here? And I was like, uh, I live here. And she's like, what? You do? Yeah, she like asked, like, I didn't know you were coming over today or she's something like, like Mom, that. Mom, I didn't know dad was coming over today. And I was like, holy crap. It was <laughs> like, a huge wow. gut punch moment of like, okay. Oh, dude. I feel like that was like something that kind of started the wheels in motion of like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, but anyways, all that to say, it's easy to get caught up in that and miss these little years. And everybody says, you know, they grow up so fast. But I I feel like God's really been showing us lately how important our role as parents at, is and why we're bringing all these kids into the world Tell what you read to me this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so, what I'm thinking of. So I was reading a book 
I've been reading a book in the morning called American Covenant by Marshall Foster. And, uh, and in the book, he was, he was talking about how, how God uses ordinary people. And so basically he was talking about the lineage of this family that put God at the center of their marriage. Like the husband would, you know, pour into the kids in scripture and they would live their lives by the truth of the Bible. And what ended up happening is they, they actually did research on the lineage of this couple. And they found out that there were 1400 descendants of this couple. And it was an unbelievable list. It was like 90 of them were, you know, lawyers and like a hundred and or like uh, 60 of them were, you know, university presidents and pastors and, and government, officials, officials. government officials and like it was just amazing to see the lineage of a couple that said okay god i'll do it your way and see what amazing things came from that um through a lineage of people who followed god that were not missionaries but missionaries so in were, their field yeah they right? had a hundred something missionaries too right. that were from their descendants yeah but, but right yeah just being earthly good in positions, public positions, um, and out in culture, influencing people for good. Because it's really easy to think like, okay, this this parenting thing is just hard, and you know, society makes it seem like just get them till they're eighteen and then you're done, kind of thing, and just you know, survival mode. But it's like, okay, not only are we responsible for these five humans that we've been blessed with to raise them right in a world that wants to raise them wrong and to teach them good and to, you know, hope and pray they turn out to be these great people who will also marry good spouses, which will double our load here. But also to think about the fact that if, if we can raise them up in the way that they should go, that they will then have kids that uh, hopefully they'll do the same and then the same. And yeah, it's, it's very mind boggling to think that we could have thousands of descendants right. with tons of them out there changing the world. Like I all don't know, because one couple, like God got a hold of their hearts mm -hmm. and said, Hey, like follow me. And I will literally take your family lineage further than you could ever imagine. Right. Yeah. And so, and that's kind of the moral of the story as far as putting God at the center of your marriage, where it becomes you know, your wife and your kids become your priority, vice versa, your husband and your kids become your priority. And we really let the Holy Spirit convict our hearts of a lot of things. So for instance, recently we've been really convicted by, you know, just phone usage, not, not necessarily the kids screen time as much. And we've had seasons of that, but this time it's been like, man, it's funny how we are living in an a world where we're all our attention is in an alternate universe. <laughs> I mean, like we are with our kids, but we're not with our kids or we're with our friends, but we're not with our friends. And it's just like, everybody is falling into this very easy, addictive screen, like all the information you could ever imagine right in your pocket. And you just pull it up. And the reason this came about is because we went to the doctor's office and I forgot my phone. I was like, Oh crap, I forgot my phone. And you know, like, what will I ever do in the waiting room for right. 20 minutes? I felt, I felt like naked for a second, you know? And then we got to the office and Jonna was on her phone actually, which was kind of funny. And I was just sitting there and I had nothing to do. And I like let my brain be bored. And I was thinking to myself how important that is just to let your 
brain be bored and process and and like you know just appreciate your surroundings and life i looked around the waiting room and i saw every single person in their phones probably about nine people in there every single person was in their phone i thought to myself man 30 40 years ago I wonder if everybody would have been talking to each other or like, mm-hmm. you know, sharing a magazine or not, like not whatever. Even 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean. And now we've come to the point where we're like so socially unobligated, if that's a way mm-hmm. to put it, right? Where now that our kids are seeing that. Like our kids see that because, you know, we're sitting at the dining room table and I remember the girls took out a fake phone. They're like, look, I'm daddy. I'm 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 watching the Reds game on, on my phone. And I'm like, oh geez, how's what? Yeah. You know, like that's what or when we us. went on our trip and we told them right. like we're not gonna work or be on our phones and they like threw like a party, they were oh, so dude, excited they and we felt so guilty because it's easy to be like, Oh, I'm not on it that much because truthfully I, I do feel sometimes like, Oh, I'm not on it as much as most people. Like I don't sit and scroll all day, but shoot, go check your usage and you'll get you'll get a reality check because it's easy to think I'm not on it that much. Right. And right. clearly they're seeing it. And so yeah, that brought up a talk about we're really considering some changes in our house with our phones. We're getting mm-hmm. weirder and weirder by the day. But but again, like, it goes well, back yeah. to what are our priorities? And that's what Chris exactly. said to me in the waiting or in the doctor's office. He's like, okay. He's like, you know, what do you need on your phone? And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I need to be able to call people. I use my map. I don't know how to get anywhere. Um, I text my friends and whatever, you know, yeah. social media I don't need, but it's good to share keep up with people obviously those things but truthfully like if we're looking at our priorities and we're saying god marriage kids the phone really mostly distracts from those things yeah it's really easy in the evening if i you could be like oh i don't have time to read my bible but it's like eh, how much time have you spent on instagram today or yep. tiktok or texting or whatever mm-hmm. or i don't have time to pour into my marriage or i don't have time to figure out with my kids you know whatever it's it, it's a distraction mostly not that there's not tools on there like right, right. But, but but we become so dependent on these things and yes technology is great don't get me wrong like it, it's it's great so that Chris it and John is about to move out to amish country no but i mean technology is awesome but yes that is what it comes down to is it's just like wow this is amazing we we don't even realize it but we're sucked into this world and it becomes willpower versus our brain and its reward center because everything is engineered to continue to keep us right. Our news feeds and the apps and the videos and the cuts and all the things we watch are designed to keep us there. Right. And so that's why I was saying it doesn't matter how hard you try or how much you care. You cannot seriously get rid of the distractions, the, the screen distractions in your life by willpower alone and so that, that's why you have to create boundaries and, you know, actually go into the habit, breaking habits part of things, which I taught coaching wise for a, a long time. And I, you know, I was just thinking how important that was for us to consider that. Um, and that's, again, just kind of, that's not something that just like came to me. Like if I wouldn't have forgotten my phone and I wasn't sitting there and I wasn't open to the fact uh, through, I think, just. I mean, just have, having a softened heart, you know, like staying in my word and or in in God's word and and uh, you know praying and just trying to live for Him and being open to whatever and receptive to whatever we need to do to be better parents and mm-hmm. and live our our pillars, you know, of our priorities. I don't think I would have just like thought of that. Well, no, because you're much more sensitive to what God's asking you to do. And what's interesting is generally 
I have the same sense around the same subjects when you do. Like a lot of times we talk about stuff. I'm like, oh, I was just thinking about that. Or I just felt convicted by that. Or, you know, me too. So, yeah. Yeah, but again, it's not our... It's hard to explain. It's not it's not us patting ourselves on the back saying no. like, oh, look how self-aware we are. It's no, it's no, truly no. like God literally says, hey, seek me and you'll find me. And I'll change your heart and I'll change your life and I'll change everything about you. And I'll change your, I will change everything, everything, you know, and for my good, you know, and for your good. And I think that's where that comes in. We're not saying this is us and oh yeah, we've just come along and we're now, just perfect. And now we now. figured this no. out. Like, no, this is totally, I think, just God-led. Without God, our marriage would not be fruitful. <laughs> it just all. wouldn't. Um, th- what were we talking about the other day? And you started like grilling me on questions. You're like, "Well, would you? Why wouldn't you just want to do this or that?" Or oh, well, you were. I mean, uh, well, so oh yeah. A lot. A lot of times, people will be like, "I don't know. Am I? Am I saved? Like, uh, like." Uh, if I died, would I go to heaven? You know, like questioning yourself. I think I think people do that all the time. It doesn't matter how much you only if you listen re- to Paul Walsh read your Bible or whatever. But I think I think people come to that point because most people are even either in the camp of I'm a good person, I'm not as bad as that person, mm-hmm. which wouldn't recommend that method. And then other people are like, wow, like I I need I need to keep getting better. And they they almost let like negativity and and the enemy in their head to say like, you're not good enough and you're not saved. You're not all these things. And so, yeah, we were just kind of like discussing that. Like, and I think what it comes down to is if, if you had no obligations and you know, we said, Hey, here's someone for you to go sleep around with out outside of your spouse. And here's something you can go do that has nothing to do with anybody else, but yourself. And here's an addiction you can find and all these things. And it's all in front of you. Like, what, would you take that opportunity, or does your conscience go no? <laughs> like, why would I? I don't even I desire ever that. Do that. I don't. I don't. I don't desire that. I don't. I don't want that for my life. And I think as Christians, it's easier to it's easy to be asked those questions and say like no, like you know, even even back to the porn conversation. I know it's been a big topic. A lot of people reached out to me about that, and they're like, I don't know, man, if I could give that up. And the fact of the matter is, I don't desire it anymore. That's not just because I was like, oh, yeah, this isn't a good idea. Um, well, and vulnerability <laughs> moment here, like with this pregnancy, we're going through a lot right now, which right. would be easy for Chris to relapse if his mind and his, if his heart hadn't been changed. That's, I mean, that's what it comes down to. That's what we're talking about here right. is a, a heart change. Um, and that shifts the things we desire because right. – the world tells you, you know, get yours and live your truth. And, you know, there is no objective truth. There's no moral law to follow. But, you know, if, yes. if somebody's not a Christian, they don't believe in God, but they think it's wrong to cheat on their spouse or they would feel hurt if their spouse cheated on them. Why? Right. Like, why? Where does that intuition, where does that hurt? Where does that compass come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the Bible says like our conscience is like God's written word on our hearts, mm-hmm. God's God's law on our hearts to say like, Hey, like, you know, this is wrong. Like deep within you, it doesn't matter what you believe. Most people would say it is wrong to kill. It is wrong to kill an innocent person. Most people would say that is wrong. You know, like if I just walked up to someone and sucker punched them in the face and stole all their money, most people would be like, yeah, that's not okay. You know what I mean? And, and that, and that's where our conscience comes into play 
uh, and and we can't deny it. And then and then there's the other side of the equation where and I, I was reading this in that book as well today, and I'll try not to botch it too bad, but you have Christianity, and then you have like well. So you have Christian individualism and you have humanistic individualism, right? And humanistic individualism says like, we're all many gods and we all live our own truth and it doesn't matter. Uh, And at the end of the day, um, you know, we do what feels right and we, and we are going to live our truth, right? And Christianity says like, you're going to live under the moral principle of God's word. And this is timeless and it's unchanging. And this is, the moral law and the standard by which everybody lives by in the Christian community. And you ask yourself like, which one is more likely to create like anarchy, like just total chaos, just a society where there are no more laws and rules and regulations and everyone just does their own thing. Is that a good thing you think, or do we think, wow, it might make sense to look towards the creator of us and our thoughts and our conscience and all those things and say, what does he say and how should we live? I'm going to say we need some bumpers, you know, like in bowling. Bumpers. We need some boundaries, guardrails, guardrails yes. bumpers. Yeah. I mean, we have tons of guardrails and that's our conscience and that's like the moral law of God and all those things. And man, we went from married all at first over. sight all the way through like the how that happened. Law. We literally had no script in front of us. I don't know. We, we actually just sat 40. down. <laughs> 41 minutes. We actually just sat down to uh, record an intro for, for the last our, episode for an interview, right? And then she's like, "Hey, let's just like go." And she hit record. And I was like, "What are we doing?" And, and here we are. Here we are. Actually, it, if you listen back to the beginning, you hit record, and oh, I was like, I "Wait, we are doing this." What? Yeah, I think so. Really? I thought so. Mm. I guess we can listen. Time will tell. <laughs> we both threw each other off. Okay. Yes. Well, so, I mean, hopefully it was somewhat I valuable. think, yeah, the beginning was probably like, unless you watch Married at First Sight, you're probably like, this is silly. How should we hook them in? Should we hook them in with the Married at, because if, if they're listening to this, they already That's clicked true. it, they're already hooked. That's so true. They, so, you're already here. So should we call it Married at First Sight, mm-hmm. or should we call it somewhere along, like, what's your foundation built Ooh. upon? I mean, Married at First Sight would definitely hook them in, because be like, wait, did Chris and John get married at first sight? That's weird. That's polarizing. Mm-hmm. Trickster. I don't know could be that or it could be what's your marriage built upon or oh, yeah but, uh, but, then, but, then, but then when they'll do that like, and they'll oh. hear all the married married at first sight stuff and like what did i click on that's true i just call this afternoon conversations afternoon, with chris and jonna no coffee conversation yeah i know even though coffee conversations with us was like a hit buy me coffee.com slash g-y-g-y-m if you want those back you throw that in smooth girl <laughs> smooth taco. how can they text us it's 513-620-4333. We got it. So seriously, though, we keep saying it, but we really do love interacting with you guys. Like Chris said, there's there's a few listeners have been reaching out and going back and forth, and they've actually gotten into Marco Polo, like yeah, deep man. conversations. Yes. I Look, I would rather not text you. Like we can do Marco Polo video app. It's like a- uh, Only if you're a male. <laughs> only if you're male. All right. Fair. And uh, sorry, I'm pregnant and crazy lately. She is, she is a little on the crazy side. And yeah, it's like a, it's like a live walkie talkie and you know, you answer when it's you like can. Free and marriage whatever. counseling. Free marriage counseling for both of us, right? For both of us. Yeah. I learn from others and you know, I guess, I guess they learn from me. Who knows? <laughs> so anyways, text us 513-620-4333. We appreciate you guys listening to this very off the cuff. 
conversation. Uh, don't forget to follow and review. We haven't had a review. I know I've asked yeah, you like six times. Review. Remember six we said we weren't trying here. to grow this, but we're cool if it grows. Right. Intent. It has been growing still. Which, yeah. again, we're just like opening that. Well, sweet. We have more subscribers. <laughs> yeah. So keep keep on keeping on, friends. That lame. That sounds like. That was a little bit. No, no one's taking that out. I'm taking that out. No. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Okay, then. Bye.